I was doing a really long time. I felt like I was really picking up well on her signals. And she moaned in an unmistakably genuine way. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that I pleased her. And, and she also, she reinforced it a day or two later. She's, you know, she said, wow, I had no idea you could be so good at that. before this episode starts just a thank you to everyone who is a patron of the podcast if you want to join the patreon if you join at a ten dollar a month or more level you get access to live q a's with me on a monthly basis and i also just wanted to yeah shout out my patrons for our call the other week and one of you brought up a course that i'm going to teach i was going to do it last winter or this past winter but um some things happened in my personal life that sort of made that um, uh, obsolete. But I'm looking at doing it this summer. And the course is going to be essentially to help you clear out old stuff, old crap, old trauma, old uh, patterns. Um, it's going to be breath work. And then I think I'm also going to incorporate some TRE, which is trauma release exercises. You can research that. It's evidence-based. It's a modality that's used often on folks that have been through natural disasters or sometimes even things like school shootings, um, or if there's, there's childhood stuff, just basically a, a course to help you clear out old stuff that you, that you want to get rid of, to move through, to process, to integrate so that you can attract new things in your sex, love, relationship, life, and more and beyond. So if you're interested in that at all, I'm just taking a very informal poll. I think I have about four men interested right now, and I think I'll probably cap it at 10. So if you're interested in grabbing a slot for that, or just interested in hearing more, hit me up at dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. I just want to get a sense of who might be interested. And I'm looking at starting that sometime this summer. So coming up soon. And again, thank you to my patrons for being with me on this ride and being a uh, men that, that brought that up and, and were sort of like, Hey, we would love to do this. And it, it just felt encouraging and it feels Feels good to get that feedback. So thanks for being with me on this ride and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Dear Men Fan Favorite Guy Talk. I'm really, really happy to be doing this guy talk because I think we do a lot more girl talks to guy talks, but I always learn when we do guy talks and I'm really proud to um, bring a very diverse array of men we had to schedule this across three different time zones, so I'm super excited to have everyone on today. Thank you for being here, Michael and Jeff and Chip. Welcome to Dear Men. Thank you for Hello, having us. This is Jeff. <laughs> okay, so we're going to, um, so this episode is a response to the girl talk on oral sex, on going down on women. And I think we'll probably do another series of going down on men. Um, so, but this, for this one, we're just focusing on that. And, um, I'd love to start just by going around and hearing from each man, our regular of like, what's your name? What's your rough age? 
what's your relationship status? And we will throw a bonus question in there of what is your favorite, uh, I was going to do sport, but then I like questioned myself. So I was like, is that too cliche? But um, I'm in Kansas City right now and the Chiefs are playing the Packers today. So like sports are on my mind. So I'm going to stick with it. So what's your favorite sport to play? And what's your favorite sport to watch? And let's start with Jeff. Hello, everyone. I am um, late 20s. I am maybe a two in relationship status, uh, which would be uh, single, uh, but it's complicated. Not looking for a new relationship right now. And uh, my favorite sport to play is soccer. Uh, and my favorite sport to watch would probably be a tie between soccer and football. I like football as a, as a watching sport because of people are into it so much, but that's not so much my favorite sport to partake in, but the, the group portion of it is fun. Yeah, I hear that because you wouldn't want to get a concussion actually playing it. Mm-hmm. That's, fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, no, um, no TBIs here. Okay, uh, Michael. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm in my middle 50s uh, relationship-wise. <clears throat> I'd say I'm a one. I was married for 17 years. And my favorite sport to watch is football. Favorite one to play is adult softball. Ooh, curveball, curveball, softball. See what I did there? I thought it was funny. <laughs> okay, um, Chip. So I am in my early 50s, and my relationship status on a scale of 1 to 10 is, uh, I'd call it a 6, in that we're not quite boyfriend, girlfriend in a committed relationship, although hopefully um, headed that way. But she's the only one that I'm currently dating and my favorite sport to watch is college football my favorite sport to play is really anything to do on the water i i love to boat if you'd call that a sport Uh, i love to sail and i uh i like to water ski i think those definitely count as sports my dad's a big sailor and i go sailing a lot and uh you know, it's a sport when you get injured regularly, which is what happens to me when I go sailing. So I feel like I feel like <laughs> pretty sporty. I come back with cuts and bruises and I feel like I did something all day. You know what I'm saying? Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Great. <laughs> so I was trying to like think of like a boat metaphor around going down, but I couldn't get there. So we're going to move on. Um, all right. So we're going to structure this the same way as we did for Girl Talk, which is each guy is going to go around and share a story about a time that it didn't go well going down on a woman and then a story of a time when it did. So why don't we start with Jeff? Um, What is a story of a time that it didn't go well and what happened? Uh, Well, I was interested in this lady and it didn't actually ever get to the part where going down would even start. Uh, I wanted to, I was considering it. Um, getting kind of hot and heavy with someone. We were in her house. Um, and as we were getting uh, more intimate, um, I was I just sucking on her breasts and, and I just had this really weird taste from her body that was not really not great. And I didn't think that I could go any farther than that after that moment. I was like, I was really, I didn't really know how to, how to bring it up 
because I would have loved to be able to to do that with her, but I think that I wouldn't have been super into it. And it's like, it's, it's not an experience I want to bring to somebody to enjoy together if I'm not a hundred percent in. Um, and from, from there, I guess I just tried to end the interaction amicably and, and, I, I don't know. I, I feel like in that case, what do you, what do you say to someone like, Oh, your, your body and my body didn't really fit very well as far as like taste and, and hormones and, and things. And I, I maybe it was a, a hygiene thing or maybe it was her, her diet or maybe it was the way that my body was responding to her, but that would be my primary story for when things really didn't go well. Yeah. I mean, like you, when you said, um, I wasn't sure how to bring it up. I was curious about which part because it's such a sensitive thing, especially like, right. um, yeah. Like, cause I even, you know, um, you mentioned something about a part of her body, but I'm guessing, was it the kissing? Cause no, that was fine. Oh, but it, it was like, yeah, it was, it was, I don't know. I mean, she, she was a different ethnicity from me and, and maybe that had to do it, do with it too. I don't really know. Um, mm-hmm. it, was, it was very, it was, it was very alarming. But it like, really not what I expected. About is, did you notice that, that it didn't taste quite right from the kissing or, or not? No, no. Oh, okay. That That's was fine. So it was actually her like body odor then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. fascinating. Um, and, and, and like, I feel like this is a good example of one of those things that's like, do you bring it up? Like, is that something that's productive to bring up or well, cause you, I really didn't feel like, like it was right. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying maybe in some cases, you know, it's not necessarily productive to share something like that. Maybe it's just well, productive to grace. She and I were in a, like, we weren't like in a, in a super committed thing. We, we, that was probably the first or second time we had been intimate with each other. And, I didn't, and if it wasn't going to continue, I didn't really feel like I needed to, to tell her this, which I felt would really hurt her self-esteem and make her you know, not want to be intimate with someone else again. Yeah. So it was I like, more like I, why, why even, why even broach the subject? Just move on and try to try to be kind about it. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, so yours isn't even a story of getting there. It's a story of being like, yeah, I was going to do that, but now it doesn't feel right. Let's, right. let's move on. Okay, thank you. Uh, Michael. Hey. Well, my, my not-so-great story actually unfolded over time. Um, as I mentioned in the outset, I was married for a long time, and I had this lovely wife that I loved going down on, but she was never really comfortable with it. And we didn't really have as close a relationship as I wanted where we could share in great detail why this was a problem. Um, She just kind of tolerated uh, my going down on her. Um, Although at at a certain point she said, um, I don't care if you never do that again. And that was really disheartening to me because I loved everything about uh, her body and being that close to her. Um, but it was, um, it was really hard on me because I, uh, both of us felt awkward talking about it and I, I just couldn't bring it up. So I just kind of, I just kind of stumbled along and I only understood it after we were divorced. 
um, there's something one of the one of the girls in the girl talk said that there was kind of a power aspect to cunnilingus, and I understand that now. And in in our particular case, I think my former wife felt really uncomfortable with me doing something for her like that, something so selfless, because then it was like she owed me. And so in our relationship, she always wanted to be the one who was owed something. So she was all for going down on me, but she didn't like reciprocation because that kind of, in her mind at least, it put her in my debt. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, right, if someone's listening to this that hasn't listened to the girl talk, I really recommend you do listen to the girl talk because I think that that point you just brought up was one of the most interesting elements and it had to do with receiving that receiving oral sex. Um, I think especially as a woman, I, we can talk about that. Um, but I think we see blowjobs so much por- portrayed a lot in, um, just talked about and portrayed in the media, but also in porn, any, anyone that watches porn, men or women, blowjobs are really, 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 really common. And, the man going down on the woman is a lot less common. So anyways, there's an element of receiving that is um, inherent in a woman getting oral sex that can feel like scary, like really like intimidating or scary or or like, well, what am I going to have to do to deserve this? Or like, what am I going to owe because of this? And um, I'm curious to hear from you because it was such a long relationship. Like, was this, uh, present throughout the relationship? Like when you, when you two were dating before you even got married, what was this particular thing like? And did that change at all over time? Well, I, she was previously married for two years, kind of a high school sweetheart situation and their relationship wasn't any better. And I don't think he ever went down on her. So this was probably a shock, um, when I wanted to, um, And I don't think she knew what to make of it at first. Um, But then eventually it it became her own, her own issues started to manifest themselves. I think all of our personal issues eventually show up in sexuality because that's, that's the barometer. That's where, that's where our desires and um, disturbances manifest themselves. And so it took time for that to come to the surface. Um, so my regret is that I didn't probe any further and try to understand the situation because frankly, I loved it and it was kind of one-sided. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, I'm curious in that conversation where she said, I don't care if you never do that again. Um, did you, did you two talk about it at all at that point? Were, were you just like, Oh, okay. Uh, you know, was there any kind of discussion? Like, how did that go? No, there wasn't. <laughs> she did it one. She did one time say, "I don't know why you like to do that." You know, wouldn't even say the word. And uh, I said, "Well, you know, I just love you, and I want to show you." And then what did she say after that? That was the end of the conversation. Wow, it's just amazing. It's like really amazing to me um, how just I'm struck over and over. And I'm a I'm a sex researcher. I'm like looking at the data. How often it happens that people are in long-term relationships with each other and aren't talking about the sex. Like it's, it's actually, I think far more common that that's the case than the other way around. Like more people are in relationships where they're not talking about the sex 
than are in relationships where they are talking about the sex because we're just not right. to do it. And it's such a scary topic. Yeah, the, the, the prudery, I think there's an aspect of prudery to it. And maybe we were taught by our parents that this is something we don't talk about. And yeah. so you can kind of hear that in the voice. The voice changes a little bit. The, the words are whispered instead yeah. of spoken out loud. And that communicates a lot right there that says, I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah, or it doesn't feel safe, or I'm feeling shame, and I don't know how to say that, so I'm just going to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for um, sharing that. I feel like you speak to an experience that probably a lot of men have had of being with partners where, like, you go down on her, and she obviously isn't comfortable, um, or she even says she's not comfortable, but, there's, but then there's no discussion of, like, why. It's just kind of left as, like, okay, okay I guess, okay. This isn't something we do. Yeah. And it's not really explored of like what, what's happening on either side. Right. So thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chip. So Melanie, I I uh I'm almost embarrassed to say how little my knowledge was about oral sex. Um uh, up until the time that I start talking to you, and for you know specifically, I had no idea uh, about things about you know the the duration, for example. I mean, you know what's you know what's what's the what's the the minimum amount of time that you should spend down there, and and uh, I had no knowledge about how you. Um, how you read your partner on, on, on what is good because the reality is, and I don't think this is just my experience. Um, women don't like to tell men what they like. They don't like to be explicit about they, there, there is an expectation that the man should know what he's doing. Although I, I noticed that the better that you get at, sex in general and, and particularly oral sex specifically it does open up to more direct conversations but you you know that you you, you kind of have to prove yourself and and i i remember you know dating this one woman and not knowing what i was doing and you know only being there for a couple of minutes and uh um and and you know hoping it would lead to to something else, but you know she she got up and literally went and to do her laundry. And I thought to myself at the time, oh, she's just not in the mood tonight. And it wasn't until much later I realized, oh, you know, it, it was it was because your technique was so bad. You had no technique. You knew you knew nothing. And um, unfortunately, the 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 learning curve is um you know the the learning curve is uh i think i guess fairly steep in that you know you can in a short you know in a short period of time you can you can learn some things about how long you should spend down there and 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 about how to listen to your partner's feedback both verbal and nonverbal and uh, the good thing is, you, you, the moral of the story is you can improve dramatically. And uh, so, 
I, I wish I had known all this at a much earlier age, but I, I think it, uh, it goes to show that, uh, and maybe, you know, part of it is I lived a sheltered life. I don't know, but, uh, it goes to show how, uh, how little knowledge there is about that. At least I think from a male's perspective. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, like, right. You know, there's, there's not a really a lot out there to teach men how to be with women and how women's bodies work other than porn. Yeah. And porn is right. a very poor um, and inaccurate teacher. So right. and, a lot of men are learning the wrong thing. And I, you know, I think in fairness to the male species, I think sometimes because this happened with my ex-wife uh, and me, it's like, I, I think she unfairly expected me to know more. And I know, you know, like lesbians just, you know, they just automatically know what to do because they have those body, they have the same body parts. And so you can't, you just can't, ex from the female perspective, you can't expect the male to know as much. Yeah, they can get much better, but they'll never, I think they'll never know as well as another female will know uh, um, how to best do it. But it, that doesn't mean you can't still satisfy, uh, as a male, you can't still satisfy the woman. But uh, I, I think that's, you know, that's the lesson to be learned for women. They, they, they have to realize it's, it's, it's going into foreign territory, no pun intended. And, um, <laughs> and, and I think most guys want more direct feedback um, with oral sex from, from the woman. Yeah. I'm curious if you, um, with the woman who did laundry, which is quite a poignant and funny example, actually, did you ever like ask about it? Did you ever ask for direction? Was there any kind of, or even with your ex-wife, I don't know if that was your ex-wife, but did you ever sort of bring it up? Like, how was that for you? I, I didn't because for a couple of reasons, I, I, part of it, I was, I was too embarrassed, I think. And also I thought that she was being really mean to me and how she was acting towards me. Cause I, I just felt she should, she should give me more feedback. And I resented her actions. And I think it just, it goes to the chasm between um, there is an expectation that the, the female expects you to know more. And, and I should have, I, I, I fully admit that, but, uh, um, to the extent that both sides can put their embarrassment and or disappointment aside to improve the experience. Uh, right. So it sounds I like you were waiting uh, for her to tell you and she wasn't doing that. Right. And you were right. You felt resentful of that. Right. Right. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you. Um, when uh, Michael was talking about being in a long-term relationship, I was also in a long-term relationship for quite some time. Um, and my ex, um, she didn't like having someone go down on her because of how sensitive her body was. And 
um, which was kind of a bummer because I really enjoyed being able to, to go down on my partner and to um, be able to bring them pleasure and connect with them in that way. And, and that was never really something that we did together for about six, seven years, uh, the larger portion of the relationship. Um, I just wanted to add that because sometimes I, I would have a perception that everybody wanted to, to be pleasured in that way. And, and realistically, it was it's so unique and individual how, how each person's body parts work and what is their acceptable range. Yeah, thanks for speaking to that. And it sounds like the reason that she gave was that my body's too sensitive. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, and I felt like if I had been better at talking to her about it, I'm sure we could have found a way for it to be pleasurable and safe for her. But it, I didn't do a good enough job of communicating and helping lead to that process at the time. Yeah, this is a, a theme that's come up a couple of times. And I think um, I think that for me, at least, it really makes a big difference when the man is the one who introduces the topic and holds some space around like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I would love to hear more, more about that. Like, what is, what is it like for you? What has it been like for you in the past? And then kind of listen and like, Oh, is there anything mm-hmm. that you want me to know about this? Um, I'd love to hear more. Like, I think anything around these topics can be stressful to talk about. And I would encourage everyone, men and women, but especially men to, um, to try to try to bring it up and hold some space for whatever it is that comes up. Because, um, I think a lot of women do want to share and do want to have the man understand. Um, but it can be really difficult, especially, um, Chip, I think you were the one who brought up like maybe your technique wasn't the best at the time. It, it's extremely scary for me, I know, to to say anything like, um, actually, that's not really working for me. Like that kind of touch, like it's too, it's too uh, fast, and I'd love for it to be like slower and a lot less pressure. Um, I'm I'm terrified to say that to a man unless he's opening the door for me what? to share. Because and Melanie, let, let me stop you right there. Why are you terrified? Because I'm scared that he's going to say, oh, you don't like the way I do it? Well, fuck you then. I don't mm-hmm. have to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and he'll shut down and then he'll go away and then oh. the relationship will be over. <laughs> That's the short version. Gotcha. And, yeah. and do you think that that would be the case with almost every man then? Oh, no, I don't think that every man would have that reaction. And from the research, what I'm seeing is that um, there are a lot of women that are afraid of hurting a man's feelings or the man feeling criticized and then lashing out or shutting down. More women are afraid of the man shutting down and just going away than lashing out. Um, And according to the data, like there are a number of men who do respond that way. So it's not an empty fear. And... um, but I think that I think generally, I really don't know because I don't have the data on, you know, all of these women have done it. And this, these were all the responses. Right. I have more research on the fears, um, but I definitely have a number of stories of women who have communicated and it hasn't it hasn't gone well. 
So, and, and I think that's true even outside the bedroom. Like if you think about a work situation or something, it's really hard to go to someone and say, this isn't working for me. It's easier if they're like, how was the presentation? Can you give me some feedback? Right. When you open a door for someone, at least in my experience, it's a lot easier for that person to walk through it than for them to proactively give the feedback, especially if it's not positive because it's scary. You don't know exactly how that person is going to respond. I think you're spot on there, Melanie. It really is up to us as men to take the lead here and show that it's okay to talk about it by talking about it. Yeah, I really, I really appreciate that. It makes me feel a lot safer with a man and it makes me feel a lot more likely to um, offer guidance. Um, I have also kind of just in my own life been kind of um, offering guidance more proactively and I've gotten pretty much a lot of positive feedback and I've also gotten some men who've pushed back. So to me, the, you know, the experience has been mixed. But mostly, I think men have been pretty, pretty open to hearing. So I want to make sure we get through everybody. So let's switch now to the stories when it did go well, um, unless anyone has anything else to add around that particular thread. Okay, so we'll go in the same order. I think we started with you, Jeff, right? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Um... So a uh, situation where going down went really well. Uh, my, my very first relationship, I was still figuring lots of things out, but uh, my, my partner at that time ended up living with me. And the reason why was because we were, I was close to her college and she lived about 40 minutes away otherwise. And so, I would sleep in the same bed with this beautiful woman and we would have intimate time together almost every single night. And, um, I would wake her up in the morning by going down on her. And it was some of my most fond memories, just feeling somebody, um, be happy and connected and, uh, feeling the way that her what muscles tensed and, and, her joy and, and looking at me and I, I basically, I, I felt super connected to her at that time. And it was, that was, I guess the start of my love of going down on people. Um, and it was interesting because initially when I went down on her the first time, I, um, I didn't going back to like smells and tastes and stuff. I didn't actually like the way that she tasted um, but then I decided, well, I'm going to, uh, condition myself to make this to be something I love. And over maybe the course of like three or four months, the whole experience changed for me, which I thought was really interesting. That is fascinating. That is so fascinating to me. Like, so are you, have you found that that has lasted through going down on other women too? Um, well, I, unless I'm like super attracted to somebody right away in the way that my body responds to their body. I, I usually don't like to go down on them until we have more of a connection between us because of that same reason. Um, and I found that if I, if I do it for, you know, longer over the course of maybe two, two weeks to a, a month, then it becomes like, it goes back onto the top of the list. It's like my 
favorite everyday activity. Just, oh my gosh, here we go again. Um, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So this is, no, I want to pause here really quick because I would say this is like one of the things that women feel the most self-conscious about, myself included. And part of why mm-hmm. if I go out with a guy um, and he wants to go down on me, I'm like, um, I, okay. Like, I guess so. <laughs> but I'm like, are you sure? Like, are you sure? Like, I'm curious to hear from the three of you. Like, sometimes I feel anxious about going, like a guy going down on me because I'm not going to go down on him back probably. Um, and, or even if I am, it's sort of like, are you doing that because you feel obligated to, or are you doing it because you want to? So I'm curious, like for the three of you, have you ever gone down on a woman because you felt like you should, like, this is the next sex act that I should perform or like, I should do this now. Like, have you ever, have you, have you ever done that? I've definitely done that. I started on my first girlfriend. It was like that. And I was still in my late teens. And I viewed, I viewed going down as kind of a, a way to make myself better in her eyes. I had been learning about sex from Cosmo and things. And, and all I was seeing was all these women saying, well, my, my guy doesn't want to go down on me and I want it or I want more of it. And I was very much a Dr. Glover nice guy. Uh, at that time. And I thought, well, wait, hey, this is going to be how I distinguish myself from all these other guys. I'm going to be a muff diver. And <laughs> so, so first opportunity, you know, down I went. Um, and I would, I would imagine it was overwhelming to her because it really wasn't on her agenda. But, you know, here I am trying to, I was, I guess I was trying to ingratiate myself to her. And um, so my motivation wasn't pure. I didn't really want her I didn't really love her like like that but this was this was my way of of being better in her eyes it was purely a a feeling of obligation you know to to me you know maybe that distinguishes whether that's well maybe not totally distinguishes but it might be a sign of whether you should be together I mean if you should it seems to me you should you should do it because you want to do it not because you feel obligated. And if you feel, if you, in other words, if you feel obligated, it's not, uh, it may be a sign that there's something else wrong with the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is an intensely intimate act and the metaphysics are important. Yeah. And Michael, I really appreciate your self-awareness around that of like, what was your motivation for, for doing it? Um, I sometimes get the feeling like sometimes when I'm with a guy and he wants to go down on me, I'm sort of like, is it because you want to, or is it because you think that you should do that before we have sex? Like, is that yeah. it's almost like, Oh, is yeah. this the prerequisite to intercourse? Like, is that why you're doing it? And I sort of, um, especially with new partners, I'm, I'm never really sure how to bring it up in a way that isn't, like offensive, meaning like, I'd like basically the way that I've done it in the past is I've said something like, I would love to receive that if you really want to give, to give that. Mm. And if it's, if it feels like it's just because you know, you should, please don't feel like you should. Like I really, it's not, it's not necessary. Um, which I don't think there's really any graceful way of bringing it up because it's such a personal moment. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. but 
I do think it's good to kind of raise, raise our collective awareness around like, what is, what is our motivation for this? Because like when you were speaking, Jeff, to um, the woman where it was going well, it sounds like, like for me, what I heard in that story was a lot of joy. Like it felt really good. It felt like fun for you. It felt like fun for her. Like it, it, I felt the joy, you know? And I was like, oh, this is like, that's a genuinely like uplifting story. Like that's the, you know, for me as a sex researcher, that's like, that's the goal. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's where I would love to have people's um, sex lives be is like, I'm doing this because I want to and because it feels good and because it feels good for you and because it's fun and because we feel connected and because it, you know, it feels good. Like on all levels, it feels good. And I was really inspired by that. Um, And Michael, I really appreciated your self-awareness just around naming that of like, I think that I've probably been with guys where what you described was true of like, they were going down on me so that they would look like good guys, which is different from, like he's going down on me cause he's really turned on and he wants me to be really turned on and exciting, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It, it becomes a performance and performance has no place in sex. Mm. Melanie, from a, a, a woman's perspective is oral sex, a more intimate and or sometimes more scary experience than uh, intercourse. So I think that's really personal, like for each woman. And I can, so I can only speak for my personal, like perspective for me, um, giving a man oral sex. So giving a blowjob is the most intimate act for me. So I only do that if it's my committed partner and then, um, receiving oral sex, um, is, I would say, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty scary. I don't know whether I would say it's more intimate. I don't think I would actually. Um, I think it's equally as intimate as intercourse, but I think there's, it feels like more emotionally risky because it doesn't feel like the man is getting as much out of it as he is getting out of intercourse. So when I have intercourse with a man, I'm not worried about him blaming me or shaming me after the fact because he also got something out of it. So it feels like quid pro quo or there's some kind of even exchange. Whereas when, when a man goes down on me, I am wondering, like, am I going to owe him? Is he going to be angry with me if I don't go down on him too? Like what's going to happen? Like what, what, you know, it's almost like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like what else is going to happen because of this? Um, and for me, I think the way that I've learned to, uh, like negotiate that is to just talk to him you know, like as he's going down, I'm like, I would love to just talk about this for a second. Like I really love receiving and I don't want you to feel obligated. And, you know, if it's a new partner, sometimes I'll even address it before the fact about my personal like experience around blowjobs of like, I only do oral sex on a man if he's like my man. So I'm totally cool either way. If you go down or not, just so you know, like that's reserved for my committed partner. And most have of the had, I've like been with have gone down on me anyway. It's been very rare that a man has not gone down on me. And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. Like, I like doing it. You know, I still want to do it. So I've very rarely had a man kind of push back. Um, but my experience is that I am a lot more relaxed in my body and able to receive more pleasure 
because I had that conversation with that man. If I imagine having a guy go down on me where I haven't established that, I feel tense. I feel anxious. I'm in my head. I can't really relax in the same way. And I suspect that there are some women where that's kind of all happening as he's going down. You know, it's like those thoughts are all running through her head, but she hasn't, there's not been a conversation. Any comments about that before we move on? I thought it was interesting that you would ask people um, if they really wanted to, to, to do that. I don't see someone initiating and then saying, oh, if someone told me, hey, do you really want to do this? And ever, ever, ever even saying, oh, no, I just w- wanted to do this purely for reciprocity reasons. I I, has that happened to you? Um, I definitely had a guy not go down. Yeah, but he didn't. Like, it, uh, so going, starting to go down and then you told him, oh, hey, this is, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to. And then he stopped. Yeah, but it wasn't, it didn't feel callous or anything. It didn't feel like, okay. it didn't feel like terrible. Um, it just, I don't know how to describe it. It was just sort of felt like, oh, okay. And then we kind of moved on. Like it wasn't, Got it. Um, it didn't feel bad, I guess. Maybe mm-hmm. it could, but for me in that moment, it didn't feel bad. Cool. Um, can someone help me remember where we are? We're, we're in good stories. And I think that Michael's next. I think that's right. So um, good story for me, oddly enough, was with the same woman I had the bad story with. <laughs> um, it was much later in our relationship. And she, she didn't like to drink very much. Um, but one time I seduced her with some really sweet wine. And, uh, and she lost a lot of inhibitions uh, that evening. And when I started to go down on her, um, I decided to kind of push the envelope and I, I turned her over to where she was kneeling over me. One of the girls in the girl talk mentioned this. Um, and she really started to get into it. She held my head, ran her fingers through my hair. Um, and it, it gave her total control over the pace and the pressure and the duration. So I didn't really have to think too hard about what I was doing. She kind of took over and ran it herself, even worked her hips to find the right spot and stay on it. And for me, this was just glorious. Uh, I felt really, really like she was engaged with me. Um, It was incredibly uh, exciting for me to feel that. Um, And not in a femdom way, but more in more like a, okay, we are actually partnering on this. We're in this together. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't want that encounter to end. It, it went so well. And we ended up laughing over it in the end. Oh, that's a nice story. <laughs> yeah. I'm so curious. Like, did you, I'm guessing you didn't talk about it after, but did that ever come up again in the future? Like, <sighs> you know, and uh, that was really toward the end of the relationship. So it, it was kind of, I think both of us treated it as such an aberration that um, we were both afraid to go back there. Um, I I tried to initiate it a little bit and, you know, and mentioned it once to her and she just kind of, you know, passed it off. I I hate to end that story on a bummer. So I'll I'll end it on a high note. I, I was so excited while this was going on that I started pleasuring myself behind her where she couldn't see, but she knew what was going on and that got her excited even more. And eventually I, ejaculated right between her shoulder blades and we called that a field goal. 
That's guys, it comes back to football in the end. How beautiful is that? So, As a <laughs> so that's how it ended up being funny. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, oh, that's a nice story. And were you were you guys still married at the at the time? Yes, yes, we were. Okay. But you were on your way to not being married. So was, was it almost like a goodbye? Um, no, there were other underlying issues um, okay. that were, were coming to a head at that point. Um, and I, I think, um, I don't know, if I'd known that was how to get through, I, I would have uh, found port wine a lot sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's actually really significant too because it kind of comes back to like, what I was saying of uh, the inhibitions on the woman's side that, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just think that's a kind of a, a sort of poignant reflection of, of that, you know? So thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, Chip, is that right? Are you next? Yes. So in recent times, I was dating this woman who on a number of levels, very difficult to please. And we decided to go away one weekend. And I, I told myself, I'd made up my mind, I am going to go down on her for an indeterminate amount of time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down on her until she signals me to stop. No matter how tired I am, I'm going to wait for a signal from her, either a direct or indirect signal that she wanted to stop. And so I was doing a really long time. I felt like I was really picking up well on her signals. And she moaned in an unmistakably genuine way. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that I pleased her. And, and she also, she reinforced it a day or two later. She's, you know, she said, wow, I had no idea you could be so good at that. And, you know, it was a confidence boost for sure. And, uh, which was really needed with her because she was, she was more experienced with sex than I was and, and much better looking. And I felt, wow, this, this is a way of leveling the playing field. You know, maybe it was with my, my own insecurities, right or wrong, but the the power of doing oral sex right is uh, is uh, tremendous, and yeah. uh, and uh, and it, it it really helped the relationship um, infinitely. Can you say more about that? Can you say more about why or why or how it helped the relationship? Because it, it just seemed like. This woman was always unhappy with me for various reasons. Um, and, the, and having a good oral sex experience with her made, you know, it, it, made, it was night and day difference. The relationship got much better after that. And, and really, I don't. I'm at a loss then and now to think of anything I could have done that I could have 
had better results with that is as far as turning the relationship around I'm serious than than um, than being able to perform good oral sex on her and it you know it just goes to show how important sex is and in particular oral sex is is to a relationship so yeah I mean um, what you're describing is like the opposite of getting up and doing your laundry right it's like right. wow it's, yeah it's yeah like not only was it like exquisite in the moment but it was also like it like her glow it sounds like her glow lasted like she yeah. felt satisfied and right. yeah that that's that's pretty remarkable um i'm curious if any of the other guys have had any similar experiences to that with the glow or anything hmm. i i knew even when even when my former wife wasn't getting into it with me, I could tell that she was physically enjoying it by the way her vulva swelled and the way she lubricated. Um, you know, that, that communicated a lot to me that uh, words could not. Yeah. And it did seem related to, you know, like, um, like Chip was saying, on how, how long things went on. It was kind of a, you know, getting accustomed to this and letting it happen. Yeah. You mean, and what you mean by that is like, it takes the woman's body more time to get aroused than we think. And then that is yes. shown in porn. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. 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 I, when I was doing in my sex research and I asked all of the women, I asked over a thousand women about um, all different aspects of sex. And in the oral sex one, I said, what are some things that men who are um, not very good at it do? And what are some things that men who are good at it do? And over and over and over, they talked about the amount of time and um, starting slow, like starting slow and starting gentle. That's what the men who were good at it did. And then the men who were not good at it basically did the way that I've seen it done in porn, which is really fast, really um, like sloppy is the word I would use. Like, lots of like kind of everywhere and fast and, you know, aggressive kind of, um, Mm. which is, which doesn't work for the female body, especially at first, like it's kind of like building a fire, right? Like it needs to be slow and gentle at first and then it builds. But that was loud and clear in the research was if you want to build a fire, you have to start slow and gentle. And that when you don't, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And sometimes it can actually be, be painful, you know. Can I, can I throw something in there about that? Yeah. There might be, there might be more to this, at least in my experience, if if she's in the traditional approach position, like she's on her back, that means my neck has to be bent about 90 degrees. So it's like being at the air show for a long time. And uh, there's other ways. I mean, she can turn on her side um, or, you know, we can do the, to put it crudely, the face sitting thing that can make it a lot more tolerable for me. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. You're talking about, right. Cause you're talking about duration. Like if you're going to be there for 20 minutes. Right. Right. Yeah. I like that. Um, I like throwing that in there. Cause I think, uh, the, I think, you know, speaking as the one woman on this panel, I do think that there's something about, um, when the woman is on top, like sitting on his face type thing, um, that can actually feel extra vulnerable for her. Um, 
at least that was my experience because I've only done that like once or twice. And it did put me a lot more in control in a way. And I think that unconsciously we have been told that we shouldn't be in control during sex. And I think that's often forced during, um, in things like porn. And, um, so it's actually scary. Like, what should I do? Am I doing it right? Like there's just a lot of, uh, noise. And so I think it's just important to kind of name that, that I actually think that's a great idea in terms of positions for couples to try out and like experiment with, because I thought it was really pleasurable, um, physically and, and like emotionally, I was like, Oh wow, this is actually kind of edgy. Like this is like edgier than I think I would have thought. And also, also, I'm just going to say it. I was definitely afraid of like him getting hurt or him getting suffocated. Yes. I kept, like, I kept being like, are you okay? Are you, are you still okay? Like, can you, can you breathe? Like, are you okay? Dislocate <laughs> his jaw. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause I like, couldn't really like, eventually he like put his hands there so I could kind of sit a little bit more. Cause otherwise I was like, I'm so afraid that I'm going to hurt mm. you that I can't quite like enjoy this. So um, yeah. Anyways, I'm glad that you spoke to that. Cause I think that's a really good point that we tend to think of this as one like position. Um, yeah. at least I do. So yeah. I think side on side on is good too. Side, side on. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, we're going to start to wrap up here. Um, but is there anything else that you guys want to share in terms of your experience? Um, and maybe, I don't know, any advice for other guys around it? I, I have a thought about expectations. Um, you know, porn is one of the worst teachers. Um, if, if we can forget everything we learned from porn, I think would be a really good start. But the, there's another aspect of that, which is I, I don't go into going down with the expectation that I'm going to make an orgasm happen. Because if I mm. do that, then I feel all this pressure on me to try to read her and figure out what's next and do everything just right. Whereas if I just go into this with passion and total abandon, and that's something I can do with a woman I really care about and really love. I, don't, I can just toss everything aside and, and dive in and enjoy it. Um, I think it goes so much better just to toss all expectations and just go with what feels really good and, and be open to input, um, not, not try for some kind of goal. Oh, I love that you spoke to that. I'm really, thank you for, thank you for saying that because I think that that feels like a more relaxing experience for me as well. Chip or Jeff, anything to add before we wrap? I think it's important. Love, go on, Chip. I was just going to say, I I think it's important from a male's perspective, especially, to approach the topic of oral sex head-on. I think the woman wants to talk about it, wants you to be good at it and will respect you and give you brownie points for trying. And from the female's perspective, anything that she can do to encourage that is going to be much appreciated from the, uh, from the male perspective. Thank you. I wanted to second 
different body positions because uh, if I'm going to be going down on someone for 20 minutes or a half hour or however long is appropriate or, or fun, then me having my, my neck craned forward is probably not <laughs> the best way to do it. Um, and I've had a lot of success and, and comfort when my partner has either been directly on top of me, like sitting, sitting on my face, or if they are on a bed and I'm like kneeling on the floor, like th those have both been much more comfortable and I've been able to stay there for longer and, and really enjoy the experience with them more. Excellent. I'm, I'm glad you guys are speaking to that because as a woman who has sex with men, I wouldn't have thought of that. And it makes a lot of sense. Like, <laughs> I'm, it's funny yeah, you're talking well, about the suffocating thing <laughs> because I, I sometimes find myself like trying to trying to pace my breast breath so that <laughs> uh, her body is, is is off of me at the right time. <laughs> I love it. It's like Lamaze or something like or like when you when you're swimming laps, you know. Anyway, um, well, I want to thank everybody again. Thank you for being here and for taking the time. And I really, uh, I feel like. Yeah, for me, part of what I got out of this was just how important it is for us to be compassionate with ourselves and be able to, because I think, you know, when we are, feel comfortable with our own sexuality, it's easier for us to communicate with other people. So I just got a lot more uh, compassion for just everyone involved. So thank you for that. And if anyone has any comments or questions, you can get us at dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Just again, a quick note. If you're interested in the course, you can find it at pleaseherinbed.com, www.pleaseherinbed.com or at my site, melaniecurtain.com under courses and have a very sexy day. <laughs> <laughs>